0: Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Borger. Hello friends, this is Dr. Borger and welcome to episode 4 of the Aesthetic Doctor podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to start sort of an introduction to dermal fillers. And we're going to talk about the hyaluronic acid fillers. Let's first talk about dermal fillers in general. So what do dermal fillers do? do, dermal fillers are basically used to counteract some of the loss of volume that happens with aging. So basically, as we age, the fat pads, the muscles, the bone and the skin everywhere in our body, but really also in our face begins to thin. This loss of volume Gives us like the sunken or sagging appearance of the face. It gives us some fine lines, some wrinkles, some folds, and thin lips. Dermal fillers are kind of used to sort of restore some of the volume and thus to reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and reduce facial folds and to also create structure, framework, and volume to both the face and lips. Injectable hyaluronic acid is a type of dermal filler. It's actually the most commonly used type, which is why we're going to talk about this in sort of the first episode of dermal fillers. Hyaluronic acid is a disaccharide that's found naturally throughout the body. Its highest concentrations are in the joints, the eyes, the skin. And in the skin, hyaluronic acid attracts water, um, which allows the skin to become more hydrated. When we use hyaluronic acid as a filler, basically the different companies manufacture it. Now mainly in the lab, it can also come sort of from animal derivatives and some bacteria, but it's lab manufactured. And then it's made into a gel, which then gets injected into the skin to attract the water as well as the gel sort of restoring the lost volume, mainly in the mid face and the lower face. When we talk about Fillers, or when most people talk about getting fillers, hyaluronic acid is really kind of what they mainly say they get as a filler. There are some other fillers um, that I'm going to quickly mention um, that are made out of other types of substances, so, and depending on needs and goals, um, they're used in other areas, but we're not going to go into that. But I'm just going to mention them so you've heard of them. So, the other one that I use a lot is calcium hydroxylapatite, apatite, um, or C-A-H-A, which is Vrady is the trade name by Mertz. And it's basically a mineral-like biocompatible dermal filler. It also is used in biostimulation now a lot. And as I said, we're going to do a whole episode on this, but I just want you to have heard it. The other thing that you might have heard is the poly lactic acid or PLLA, also known as Sculptra, which is also a dermal filler that can more stimulate the body to produce new collagen in the treatment area. Um, So it's also biostimulatory like Radiesse. Another type of dermal filler that I don't actually use in my practice, but that that I want to mention for completeness is PMMA or polymethyl methacrylate, which is Bellafil And it's basically biocompatible microspheres. And it's more of a semi-permanent filler. Um, Then, of course, people also sort of inject fat where they use liposuction to harvest fat and then inject that into the treatment area. You know, that's a little or a lot more invasive than traditional fillers. The results are a little bit less predictable. But anyway... Going back to what we're talking about today, which are hyaluronic acid fillers. They're considered temporary fillers, and they're lasting up to 18 months, but it really depends on the treatment area, the filler, and the individual. They're really used for the augmentation of the face, the lips, the cheeks, the chin, and sometimes we also use it for the hands. It's really the most popular choice among injectable fillers because it's really versatile. It's really effective and it is relatively safe, meaning it has not that many side effects. Like I have said, it's unique in that it binds water for a hydrated, plump look. It's effective, it's safe, and thus we know it's why it's most popular. So when we talk about types of hyaluronic acid fillers, It's really important that you work with your skilled injector and your skilled practitioner who understands the differences between the fillers because they're not all created the same. And this is where really I make people suggestions of what some of the options are for the results they want to accomplish, but I don't inject every filler into every area because we need different properties to get what we want. So different fillers have different what we call G prime, which is lift. They have different elasticity, which is kind of how stretchy it is, how much it moves. And then certain companies really work on a little bit different cross-linking techniques of the fillers that make their fillers properties a little bit different. Um, In addition, some of the molecule sizes are different, which really means that there's more to filler than just being a filler, which is why when you look into my storage room, there is a wide assortment of fillers so that in the right patient or for every patient, I can recommend and use the filler that I think is going to give me the aesthetic effect that I want. For example, you have a lot of volume loss in the cheeks. When we have a lot of volume loss in the cheeks, you know, the cheeks I see sort of like as the trusses of the face. So in the cheeks, we inject typically on the zygomatic sort of bone, all the way down to bone. And we will, you know, there's there's still some fat and some skin and some tissue over it. So what we really need to do is we need to get enough left to the tissue, right? We want to restore that prezygomatic fat pad. We want to restore the zygomatic bone loss that you might have had with aging. So we're trying to use a filler that's stiff and that gives us a lot of lift because if you don't get a lot of lift you're not going to see a visual improvement in that area. Conversely when I fill somebody's under eyes I'm using a very thin very flexible kind of filler so that under the eyes we get a subtle correction but most importantly as you move the filler is flexible and it moves with you. In the lips you know we use something sort of in between because we do want to get volume. A lot of times people do want to correct structure but we still want it to move naturally. We want you to be able to kiss, we want you to be able to smile, we want you to be able to laugh. So there are so many technical aspects that a gut injector is gonna choose or you know sometimes I fill the medial cheek pads obviously I'd want something that moves more than like my to-the-bone cheek filler. You know, um, I do some chin enhancement. Again, we're really thinking about enhancing bones, the jawline, something like the nasolabial folds. We want a filler that moves really well, but yet gives you enough lift that you can see the fill. So basically, what this whole little excursion that I gave you and how I choose a filler is meant to say is that Especially with fillers, your injector matters. I love doing fillers. It's that instant satisfaction. It's the aesthetic eye. It's really just incredible before and afters. But choose your injector wisely and trust them when they say, oh, I think this product will work here versus that because they know exactly what that product can do. At least you should choose somebody who knows exactly what that product can do. Talking a little bit about what you need to consider is really how long it lasts. So, outcomes on longevity really vary again from patient to patient, and they're influenced by things like the location of the injection, individual properties of the filler, like I just talked about, the age of the patient, and the characteristics of the patient's skin. In the lips, you know, we think some of the fillers last, my average on the lips is like 10 months um, with a medium thickness filler. If you want a very soft filler, it might be less than that. And the nasolabial falls, we're talking about 12 months. And then some of the cheeks is like 12 to 18 months. But you know, they slowly get broken down by your skin over time. So it's not like they just drop off. They kind of slowly soften and disappear. And then you a lot of times come back for additional injections to maintain the desired effect. So what do we need to do before we consider a dermal filler? So first of all, you know, you need me to review your medical history, look at your area of concern, and really we have to have a discussion on things like what's your desired outcome, what's your budget, what make sure you don't have a wedding coming up. This is another true story. You know, with any filler, the most common side effects are really that, you know, you get a little bit of swelling and bruising Maybe a little bit of lumps and bumps as it settles, as the swelling goes away, a little bit of bleeding and some temporary redness. So those are the most common side effects. So I tell people like, hey, you know, do these fillers like two, three weeks before you event. <laughs> I had for real have somebody come once the Friday when her daughter's wedding was a Saturday and asked me to do her lips. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because you're going to bruise and then you're going to hate me. It's much better for you makeup artists to just tomorrow like make you look amazing with the makeup. And by the way, how long have you planned this wedding? She was like, oh, two years. So so the day before was the day you wanted to get your lips done. I, of course, said no. And, you know, again, bruising, really depends on what I have to do. Like, first of all, who are you as a patient? Are you on aspirin? Are you on any of the blood thinners? Are you somebody who bruises? And then do I just want to augment your size of your lips? Or do I really need to work to correct some structure? How many injection points do I have? You know, let's talk about some uncommon side effects. Of course, you can be allergic to anything. You can get an infection. You can reactivate a cold sore, um, which also means that if you do have a skin infection, I refuse to inject you until your infection is treated. And you have a history of sort of herpes outbreaks or cold sores. I normally pre treat with Valtrex to make sure you don't get a breakout. You can get an inflammatory reaction. And then there's some really bad things that can happen which could be that you could get a filler injected into a vessel. That's actually the biggest risk with a filler. You know, how do we mitigate that? Well, first of all, you know, choose a skilled injector and they will kind of know what the more safe injection zones are and then for the more riskier injection zones they will use certain techniques such as always doing like a retrograde injection and not pull, pushing the filler material forward. They might use things like cannula under the eye or in the nasolabial labial folds like I do because blunt cannulas have a way lower risk of getting an intravascular occlusion. So And then, you know, hyaluronic acid fillers, the nice thing is that we have a dissolver. So we have hyaluronidase, which is an enzyme that breaks down the filler. So obviously, if there was something bad that were to happen, we would try to dissolve it right away. Or even if there's a cosmetic outcome that you don't like, we can dissolve it right away. Thank God I've never had a vascular occlusion thank you to my gut training for always keeping up to date for being conservative. But then also, you know, there's there's definitely some God's grace and luck involved in that as well. So that are the biggest side effects. But then basically, during your actual appointment, you know, we go over it again, we make sure there's no changes to your medications, your history, There. You sign consent, that again tells you all the good, the bad, the expectations and the risks. I want you to take all the time with the consent. I answer all of your questions. And then what I generally do is I clean really thoroughly. I do my double cleanse or even triple cleanse um, so that we can get this area as sterile as possible. Sometimes I will mark, especially people's midfaces, And then we inject again, make sure of course, whoever you go to uses an approved product, you know, uses basic things like skin cleansing gloves, sterile needles, you know, that goes without saying because anybody should be doing that. But again, uses a product that comes out of a closed box um, from an approved manufacturer that they bought it from directly. And then we inject it. And depending on where you get it injected, it can take anywhere from 10 minutes to like 20, 25. And then voila, Immediately you might be a little bit swollen, um, but over two weeks it all settles. But really the nice thing is that you kind of see that immediate improvement. You leave my office and your cheeks look look amazing. You leave my office and your lips look amazing. And you can, it's very rewarding because it's that immediate gratification. The other thing that I forgot to mention is that certain areas i also put topical numbing on um, such as the lips and I sometimes will do a lidocaine nerve block too to make it as comfortable as possible we talk about what you really want but then we inject you and it is one of my favorite procedures to do because I think in dermal fillers first of all it's a great before and after but then there's this really aesthetic side to it other than knowing the anatomy and knowing how filler will work it really how it's placed makes such a difference So fillers are such an art. Fillers are such a science. I love doing them. It's probably the second most common procedure I do in my office after Botox or Botox products. And they have a really great success rate and they have a really high patient satisfaction. So hyaluronic acid fillers, um, some of the brand names for them obviously are the Juvederm family that I think a lot of people have heard of, the Restylane family, uh, Versa is a really popular, Belotero, and yeah, those are I think some of the big ones. I hope that answers all of your questions. I love doing fillers. I think I've sort of established myself a little bit, especially as a lip expert. love doing lips. That's probably my favorite procedure to, to perform because lips are just my jam. They're beautiful. They're sensual. They're, there's so much you can do with lips. And I think beautiful lips give women such confidence. They create such desire. There is really something true with that kissable pout, with that ultimate femininity, right? That feminine energy that attracts everything. That being said, fillers are not just for women. And I think it's really important to um to know that if you're a man to also go to a skilled injector because my goal when I do men is obviously not to make you look feminine. So when I build your cheeks, I don't build them with the same roundness and the high zygomatic arch that I built with men. I make sure that sort of the masculine gets enhanced, that you get that chin and that jaw that you want that you know when I fill your under eyes it's to look less tired when I enhance your cheeks it's really to yes make you look younger but at the same time not to feminize you so I love doing fillers I could talk about fillers all day long Um, this these were the introduction to hyaluronic acid fillers I hope you liked it I hope you liked this episode, and I will see you next time. Until then, be well. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger, and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.